You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, you are listening to Locked On Pelicans with Jake Madison, except I am not Jake Madison. Are you Jake Madison? No, I'm not Jake Madison. No, no, neither one of us are Jake Madison. As you may know, this is a special week for Locked On Pelicans because Jake is out of town and he has handed the reins over, wisely or no, to his uh, team of writers. So I am Rory Kale. And I am Jermaine Smith. And we are very happy to be here with you today, uh, subbing in for Jake. Uh, hopefully we don't break anything while we're at the wheel here. So no, that's totally great. It's always good when the when the parents aren't around. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we were kind of throwing a party with the parents not around. So today we got uh, we got a lot to cover today. It's a bit of a slow period uh, in the NBA kind of cycle, I guess. But we are going to talk about a few things. We're going to zone in on Julius Randle, uh, Jermaine and I's favorite offseason uh, signing. Absolutely. Pro- probably not too much of a spoiler to s- tell you that. Uh, and then we're going to focus on Anthony Davis and, in particular, his uh, leadership and role in recruiting Randall and kind of what that means for his role in the team moving forward, or I guess franchise rather than team is the right way to put that. And then after that, we will get into the larger picture of a way too early Western playoff co- pitcher, um, Western player, play shot, Western playoff conference pitcher, I should say. You got it. Uh, yeah. Now that uh, LeBron James is on the Lakers, Kawhi Leonard's not on the Spurs, um, and all the other moves that have gone around, we could kind of look up what the standings were last year, who we thinks how that how we think that's going to be shaped up, and most importantly, what that means for the Pelicans. So we will let's just dive right in. All right, man. So Julius Randle, man. I love Julius <laughs> Randle, and and I should say full disclosure, I like Julius Randle, and I I and I don't tell people this a lot. I went to Alabama, yes, but I grew up a Duke fan, so right. I, it is in my heart to hate anyone that went to <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> like I just, it's really difficult for me. So when we got AD, it's like, all right, this is the test, right? right. <laughs> and he's made me really happy. Rondo made me really happy, and now we've got Julius Randle, and he was a steal. I mean, I I don't know what the Lakers were thinking. Yeah. Uh, and that's something we could get into in the last segment about uh, what the Lakers might be thinking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, it just came, you know, um, and we could get into fit and all that stuff in a second. But, you know, I think it's worth saying that, you know, we've both been fans of the team for a really long time. Yeah, uh, Jermaine and I have been friends for about 10 years, and we've had season tickets to the Pel- Hornets and Pelicans together pretty much that whole time. Yeah. And um, and. Just the evolution of being able to just go out and get a guy like that is yeah. unfathomable five years ago, even three yeah. or four years ago. You know, yeah, like we were just talking about that before we started. That, yeah. You know, the fact that a guy like that with that kind of potential that young chose to come to New Orleans, which is huge. But, you know, I think also we had such a great opportunity this summer. Right. Um, you know, obviously we know all the things that happened after the season ended, yada, yada, yada. Right. We won't go there. But, um, 
you know, the thing that was really amazing is how quickly we bounced back. I mean, we, you know, we went from, oh, we lost this guy, oh, we lost that guy, to, well, look who we added. And I think it was, what, in 24 hours? Maybe was, 36? Well, we signed Randall <clears throat> before, we could say his name. Yeah. <laughs> we signed Randall before DeMarcus Cousins left. Yeah, that's and true. It, and I think it was that final kind of kick out the door, really. So, in a way, it's, I guess, a little bit of a double-edged sword. But, <laughs> I, I mean, at the same time, though, you don't go out and sign Julius Randall if you think DeMarcus Cousins is coming back, you know? I love it. I love yeah. it. So, well, why do you love it? Well, you know, the big thing for me is this. I, I was, uh, again, pains me to say this, but I was a fan of his coming into the NBA. And, you know, the year that the Lakers picked him up, I was furious. Because, <laughs> first of all, I don't like the Lakers. And then, secondly, I said, you know, Julius Randle was one of the best players in college, I thought, that year. I mean, you, you wouldn't know it necessarily looking at the numbers. I think he was 15 and 10 or something like that. Nothing that jumped off the page like – you know, in terms of how he played. But if you're really watching him, he was one of those guys, he played bigger than he is. He did the dirty work, which is something that a lot of guys don't like to do now. And he's extremely athletic. And so extremely. for me, you know, looking at him in the, when he was in college, I thought if that guy can add a jumper, he potentially could play two and in a spot, arguably some three, depending on the large lineup you're using. So I, I love him. We, we have another really uh, versatile big guy to put next to AD and, that's all we really needed, right? I mean, yeah. What are you doing? And to me, I mean, I, I don't want to say something. I don't want to get too hot takey and say something <laughs> ridiculous like, oh, say it's, it, say it's something ridiculous. <laughs> no, I don't want to get into like, <laughs> oh, we we. It's just as good as Demarcus Cousins, or right, it's an upgrade right. over Demarcus Cousins. That's foolish thing to say. But for what the what this team's trying to do, and what this yeah. team's trying to be, and the style of play we saw them have great success yeah. not only at playoffs but everyone forgets from pretty much like right before all-star you know after the initial shock of boogie going down yeah. we get in miritich and then all of a sudden we start ripping off win streaks and we're having pretty convincing yeah. wins and all that was pace you know playing fast and from that last stretch it we were the number one yeah, first rank that's huge. Our first ranked in pace and it wasn't particularly close no <laughs> like, it wasn't we were, yeah what you're what you're talking about is pace and, yeah. and, and fit right i yeah. mean and at the end of the day it's funny because i know we talked about this months ago and, and not to bring him up again but that was the big question about cousins is now that he was not just that he was hurt but even before he got hurt it's like well look at how these guys are playing and how they want to play does he really make sense in this right. lineup and you know setting that aside now because it's a moot point Julius Randle does fit into that plan. I mean, completely. Yeah. The guy gets up and down the court. He can play a few different positions. In fact, on the way over here, I was thinking of something. Uh, people like to talk about with the Warriors, that death lineup, right? And right. in the death lineup, we all know who plays center is green. I mean, it's a smaller guy, but he's really athletic. He can hit some shots. I mean, look. I'm not saying we pattern ourselves after the Warriors, but if you were to theoretically compare us to the Warriors, that's kind of our death line of center, right? I yeah. mean, that's the guy. So I really like him. You know, I'm not saying he's going to come out and start dropping 25 and 15. I don't, I don't think that's his, his role. But I do think that even if he gives us the numbers he got last year, it was like 16 and 8. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, no, that's... because people also missed. Didn't play a lot of minutes to give you 16 and 8. He's playing like 27 minutes a game. Really? Yeah. I didn't even nuts. know that. Yeah. Yeah. The guy is primo <laughs> i'm a big fan yeah. I, I would say i'm gonna use an old man word i was delighted when we signed delighted. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> delighted so i, I was pretty uh, I'm a happy man 
Oh man, that's uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, man, and you know, kind of looking into his spot in the overall picture, uh, the thing that just makes me really happy is at any point in the game we're gonna have two of ad randall or miritich on the court yeah and i mean that's just that's great that's night and day because even with cousins fully healthy you know we kind of had to stagger them a little bit and then we ran into issues with you know diallo maybe not totally being there just yet and then obviously omar ashik just yeah and uh alexia jenks the ghost of alexia jenks you know (laughs) but um yeah no more of that yeah the fact that we could have at all times to talented big men on the court at all times who fit into the system we want to play. That's perfect for what Gentry's trying to do. Right. You know, I feel like we're, tr- we're finally seeing why Alvin Gentry was hired. And then it turns out, Oh wait, it turns <laughs> out this is a great idea and it totally works. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about the overall big man rotation with these three guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, as I think about it, what we're doing this offseason, particularly, obviously, we're talking about Randall, a couple other guys as well. The thing that I always keep reminding myself is think about, particularly with Randall, we didn't have cousins in the playoffs, and we swept the Blazers. And right. even though we didn't obviously get as many wins as we would like against the Warriors, I mean, we didn't look bad. I mean, we looked like a very solid team that lost to the eventual champions, right? But at the end of the day, you know, you also knew you were down an all-star, which is important. Right. And so if you're adding in this depth now, particularly with a guy like this who can play in so many different lineups and I think matches up really well with them, I mean, I, I am very excited to see how that plays out because the other thing that's really nice is unlike the acquisitions we've gotten in the past, including Miritich, this is a full off-season program, too, that he's going to get with us. So that's I think, you know, you get Miritich in there, you get Randall in there, you get Davis in there, we go into the season already knowing what those minutes break down to. So I think there's actually a, a situation where you might get a, a – a hole that's greater than the sum of its parts, so to speak. So I'm excited to see how they mesh well together. And um, I know Gentry has the mind to figure it out. So I'm excited that he's got more uh, tools in his toolkit. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, we got some, um, and then plus Holiday coming back. And I imagine Holiday's confidence level is just going to be. Yeah. Tremendously high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and a couple guys later in the week are going to get more in-depth with uh, Alfred Payton. But briefly, uh you're smiling right now. Yeah. Some guys disagree with you. I mean, yeah. I had a good run up until now. Yeah. But I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to steal anyone's thunder, so I won't get too too deep into it. But I've loved him since he came into the league, too. Okay. Because for me, I think he's kind of a um, – I know people have been throwing Rondo around already because he's replacing him. But I always thought he was very much in that mold in the sense that, you know, being a longtime basketball fan, he reminds me of a pure point, a, a guy mm-hmm. who's really – he's there to make the offense work. And that means he scores when he absolutely has to, but it's not really his go-to weapon. I think he's a very good passer. I'm not going to say he's a great passer. I think he's a very good passer. I think he's a great defender. I think he has a huge body. It's going to be great on switches. So, I mean, for me, um, you're not getting – and I think this is true with Randall too, right, to, to connect what we're talking about. We're not talking about 100% replacements here, but if you can get 70% of the, of the production and you're paying – 20% of the cost, you have to do that 11 out of right. 10 times. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, I know they'll talk about it more um, uh, in another segment, but uh, I just think we made some really smart moves, both um, fit-wise and also cost-effective moves. So I'm into it. I think Dimps did a great job. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. And, uh, you know, with Peyton, I feel like, um, you know, he, he, he because he's a pure point, 
his some of the numbers were down but that's you know when you're a pure point your your numbers are tied to the quality of your teammates and coaching and things like that and this is going to be the first time at, in the NBA that he's had quality teammates and yeah. quality coaching so you know I guess we'll see kind of what's going on with that but like you said Demps did a good job with his offseason all things considered losing two guys like Boogie and Rondo are is dev- never ideal but considering that he kind of did as well as you could hope for so uh, we're going to reset but after the break we're going to talk about a guy who was instrumental in that successful offseason and that is none other than Mr. Anthony Davis so stay tuned all right, welcome back to Locked On Pelicans. Um, so we were talking about Julius Randle and his fit and all that stuff with everything looking moving forward, looking to next season. But, you know, one guy who was instrumental in getting uh, Julius Randle to come here in the first place was Anthony Davis. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, well, well. I mean, I there's so much to cover on this topic, right? Um, right. First and foremost, just like getting the, the nitty-gritty details out. So. I don't know exactly how it played out, but from what I read, basically this summer, particularly with Randall, AD made a couple calls, maybe in a very short time frame. <laughs> the number I heard uh, sources say was yeah. uh, three times in about a two-hour span. Which is awesome. Right. And, 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 and the reason I find it awesome, and I, and I definitely want to talk about this more with you, I'm so excited to have a guy on this team that clearly believes in the team, right? And clearly believes in the direction. Obviously, he got a really nice taste of success in the playoffs last year. It was his first time not going, but actually advancing. And, you know, it's obvious to me because he's doing that, he's buying into what Gentry and Dimps are telling him. Like, this is the team we want to put out there. This is the type of success we think we can have. And it's exciting for me because, as we talked about a little bit earlier, he's 25, yeah. right? I mean, it's really easy to forget how young he is. Yeah. And, you know, just like, you know, I get, you know, athletes kind of like they're on an accelerated timeline because they they kind of make their whole their whole right. career is condensed into like 10 years 15 years you know so but um you know tw- people are don't really start coming into their own at you know <laughs> until about their mid-20s no, you me, know definitely not me so I mean. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know if you're going to extrapolate that to other people like yeah this is about the time that he's going to start taking a leadership yeah. role and no matter what he would have wound up doing this is around the time he would have started to kind of grow up a little bit yeah you, and know? you know and i think one of the things that people have always said about him locally and nationally is that he is and i don't think this will change but that he's kind of a um quiet lead by example kind of guy mm-hmm. um i don't think that's a pro- there's a problem with that but to me this kind of demonstrates that he's not a bystander in what's going on that, that's the important thing is that you know in this day and age whether people love it or not uh the, the stars of these teams are getting involved in um, some of the decision making not necessarily because they're driving it but because they're at least coming to them the front offices and saying what do you think of this move how did you feel about this or you know how do you like working with this guy And what I really liked about the stories I've read about this summer is that AD has bought it and he's become an ambassador. And, you know, he's helping to recruit guys. He's helping to close contracts with guys. And I think that makes a big difference for the reputation the franchise is going to get in in future summers. I think having a guy like AD say, I want you to come play here. I mean, we see guys do it on other teams all the time. I mean, constantly. And I don't know if that's always been his style because he's kind of a reserved dude, but um, I, I'm excited to see him doing that. I'm excited to see him passionate about it and wanting to get a guy that's as good as Randall to come play here. And 
being successful in it, right? I mean, right. that's a big deal for us. And we might see maybe not all the dividends this season, but in the next couple of years, we might see other guys say, hey, I'm going to go down to New Orleans and, and play with AD and Randall and these other guys. So, Yeah, it's definitely planting the seeds. Because, I mean, look, you know, Miritich comes off the books next summer. Randall yeah. could opt out. Alfred Payton's one year. So, I mean, this team is could be very temporary. Right. But, you know, if you have AD kind of starting to flex that muscle a little bit, you know, who knows who he could get to come here. And if he starts to do that, le- you know, leadership by example, yeah. be a good locker room presence, but not an overbearing one either. Right. So that's someone guys want to play with. Yeah. You know? and Maybe we need to get him a banana boat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Get uh, get the banana boat juniors going or something. I don't well, know. Well, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, like, this sort of thing of this, like, recruiting ambassador for your team, that's, you know, if AD wants to be in that, like, LeBron, Curry right. tier – that's that's part of the package, you know. Yeah. So the fact that he's doing that uh, yeah. is yeah, it's is encouraging. Huge. You yeah, know, it's definitely. encouraging. I'm into it, and you know, um, kind of building on that point. I mean, one of the things that I'm excited about too is, I mean, we can't write this in stone. Things change, but it gives me a lot of uh, comfort in terms of his long-term vision of being in New Orleans. You know, you guys don't recruit someone to come play with them if they're not planning to stay, right? Right. So, I mean, for me, it, it's exciting because he's already been involved here, and I'm kind of veering off into community stuff, but he's already involved here in the community. Um, you know, he, he's a really nice presence, I think, in the city, and I'm just excited that he believes enough in what we're doing because – let's all be very clear before last season started. And I think we've kind of forgotten because of all the success we had, people were nervous about how the year was going to go. I mean, if things hadn't gone well, if we hadn't gone to the playoffs, if we hadn't swept Portland, you know, we were concerned if we didn't make the playoffs, all of this disintegrates. So, (laughs) you know, that was only 12 months ago. And now we're at the point where we're saying, Oh, we're stealing this guy from the Lakers. And we stole this other great young player. And, you know, we got Miritich in this great, like kind of late season trade. And so, we're feeling really good about ourselves, but we have to remember what that journey looked like. Right. And so as part of that, I think it was a big growing up year for him. And, you know, the outcome is he's kind of grown into this very different leadership role. And, and I think he's embracing it really well. I agree. No. And, um, yeah, and any, you know, we, we always kind of joke about, and this is another thing for the next segment, but, um, you know, when we're talking about LeBron, one of the, like, knocks on him is, like, great player – not so hot in GM, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, there's some serious fit issues with uh, when LeBron's brain is working a team, you know, <laughs> but, um, but uh, AD kind of starting to step into that role and being instrumental in getting a guy like Randall. And I don't know what role he played in getting Drew to sign long-term or getting Peyton involved, but I know Boogie was instrumental in a lot of last year's signings yeah. too. So, uh, and then uh, there's the elephant in the room of he wasn't able to get Boogie to stay. Right. Um, conflicting stories about whether to what extent he wanted him to stay, but fact remains we lost an all-star that's significant. And but yeah, I I don't know. It's just yeah, it's definitely encouraging because you know his leaving is just hanging over our heads at all times. And even you know uh, you know whether whether it's like the Celtics thing where they're just constantly. You know, like any time yeah. a whiff of negative news comes out about the Pelicans, <laughs> they're, you know, photoshopping him with a Celtics jersey on and all this kind of stuff, you know. But, but you know, I think a lot of long-term fans are still feeling that, like, Chris Paul burn. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a little – it is a very real threat. So the fact that he's invested enough to actually 
you know, try to get this team to the next level and make stuff happen. And going out and get guys who, you know, not only big names uh, or, you know, semi-upcoming names, but also good players who fit perfectly, like we just right. said with Randall. Like, it's just nothing but encouraging. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with all of that. And, you know, I, I think that now what we want to see is that next uh, level of evolution. So I think this year, even though I know he's typically a, a – I don't want to quite say reserve guy on the court, but, I mean, he's not in guys' faces a lot. But I do want to see what happens now with Rondo being gone. Um, I think even more so than DeMarcus Cousins. I, I think that, you know, he had that great veteran presence, uh, Rondo did, not just because he's a point guard, but because he's been there and he's seen some success and he was kind of able to tell guys um, in a lot of ways how to go about their jobs as a professional and, and, and you know, how to win. And – it doesn't take five, ten years of winning seasons and winning a title to know how to win. Um, you know, AD's been there. It's not like he's been a, a you know a loser his whole career or something like that. But I think having a nice little playoff run, knowing the prep work that went into it, being next to guys like that for a year, I mean, that can have a substantial effect. Uh, we, we've seen it with other players before playing, for example, with the, the U.S. team in the summer or something. And, right. you know, he's had that kind of experience as well. And so I think that, you know – we forget even at 25, I mean, A, he's young, but B, he's got a lot of NBA experience now. So I think if he's bringing all that to the table this year and he can really put it together, I think his numbers will always be yeah, he's He's getting his, because yeah, I mean, he's that's like, just yeah, what it is at this he's point. He's just like a cheat code in that respect. Right. But I think what we're also seeing now is he's bringing together kind of that, uh, that mental side of it in a different way. And that should really scare the crap out of everybody. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> this guy's figuring out how to play the game on and off the court now, and that's terrifying. I mean, it's great for us. Right. But if you don't live in New Orleans and you're not a fan of the Pelicans, good luck. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of teams who should be afraid, we will take a break, and after the reset, we will talk about the other team, the Western playoff uh, pitcher as a whole, way too early, obviously, but some – a lot of Western Conference teams made some major moves, so we're going to kind of talk about who we think at this stage is in and who is out, so stick around. Okay, we are back with Locked On Pelicans, uh, and now we are going to talk about a way too early Western Conference playoff pitcher, and it's a pretty absurd thing to talk about in July, but... Um, but it's never too early for hot takes. It's never too early. It's, it's <laughs> summer, it's hot summer hot takes. But um, we, you know, a lot of Western teams kind of, let's say there were some shakeups. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. There, there have been some big things happening. And what happens every summer, every single summer, there are three to five massive moves. And then everybody forgets about the little moves that other teams have made that actually make them a lot better. So one of the things that I know we want to kind of go through is, look, we got 15 teams in the conference. Uh, obviously, we know who the big addition has been to the Western Conference. Oh, LeBron, oh, we're so right. scared. I'm not worried. Uh, we'll get Ooh, there. Ooh, right. yeah, hot take number <laughs> one. Uh, but let's go down this list and kind of uh, just briefly kind of go through and, and, and see what we're thinking about this coming year. I mean, obviously, some people have some really big news, but I think we're also going to have some interesting takes when we get to some of the teams that we've forgotten about. So, sure, absolutely. So uh, let's start at the yeah, top. Yeah, starting at the top, Houston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, I forgot they were first rank. Yeah, the, um, yeah, they were number one last I year. I don't think they will be number one. Yeah, this year. <laughs> shocker, right? I mean, I mean, well, first let's start with your reason. Let's start with why you think they won't be first. Um, well, they're probably just, gonna agree. Well, it's probably about the same, but it, it's sort of two factors. 
they lost key role players yeah. who were n- not an MVP, not Chris Paul, not superstars, but you know, uh, Trevor Reza and McKimbe. They are both just. They were such huge factors yeah. in that run, and they're both gone now. And Clint Capella could. It's it entirely right. feasible yeah. that he's he's next. So Not a done deal, yeah. That is, uh, as of this recording, a uh, little spoiler, we are recording on a Monday evening, so <laughs> and it's not going to air till Wednesday morning, so this could be obsolete by the time you hear this. But, <laughs> yeah, and then factor in, you know, Chris Paul's going to be another year older. He is a great player who seems to always get hurt at the worst possible yeah, time. I agree. <laughs> and then, and uh, you know, to build on that, <laughs> Again, Monday evening. It would appear as of right now <laughs> that they're going to add an interesting character to their <laughs> bench. So, uh, you know, it sounds like the, the path has been laid for them to add a one Mr. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Not sure if that's brilliant. I know it's been their, their desire for quite some time, but what do you think he's got left in the tank at this point? And do you think it takes him over the hump? I, I don't know, man, because... You know, when you have Mike D'Antoni and a guy like James Harden, who historically does not play enjoy playing defense. That's correct. Um, you know, everyone thinks, is, oh, they're going to score 150 points or not. But actually, the Houston defense last year was way better than anyone yeah. thought it would be. Absolutely. And, but a big part of that was the guys we just <laughs> yeah, mentioned who just left. Mentioned, right. And you're going to replace those guys with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. So you do have to change up your game plan. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can't forget that D'Antoni and – Carmelo Anthony have worked together before, and it didn't really go that well. Yeah. So maybe everyone's a little older and wiser now. Maybe, but I don't know, just some comments Melo had in OKC doesn't make me think he's right. looking to age gracefully and kind of be <laughs> that third guy, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day for me, and I know we've got a bunch of other teams to cover, but succinctly, as you know, and I know it's been – to my detriment in terms of earning trust, I have supported and defended Carmelo Anthony on many, <laughs> many occasions. And uh, we'll have to discuss that on another podcast because I'm sure everybody just tuned out now. Right. But <laughs> the bottom line is I can't defend anything that they're doing to get him and right. why they think it will work. I, I don't see it in this offense. I don't see it in the system. I don't think, more importantly, if – if you were the Houston Rockets at the end of last season and you asked yourself one question, what are we missing to get past the Warriors? I don't see how Carmelo Anthony answers that question in no, any way. Um, that, that's the biggest issue for me. And it makes you wonder, like, you know, if I'm more – and we, we need to move on, but, you know, I'm, why am I not trading for Kent Bazemore or yeah. a guy like that, you know, who, while expensive, uh, kind of is a little bit better fit, yeah. you know, and would just kind of take on that Ariza role right there, you know. But anyway – it's neither here nor there. So the uh, the number two team, who everyone always forgets yeah. is not number one in everything, the Golden State <laughs> Warriors, uh, I mean, we, there's not really much to say. They're basically running everybody yeah. back. Um, I will say, though, and we've talked about this a few times, you know, as inevitable as they always look and as, you know, you just pencil them in for, you know, tattoo them in for titles and all that stuff, they they look pretty vulnerable down the playoff stretch prior to the Cleveland series. You know, we stole a game from them, and we came damn close to stealing more than one. Spurs were down their best player and down their head coach and stole one. Rockets had them on the ropes, and you could make a damn good argument that if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, they would have won. The Rockets would have won that series. So, 
you know, these ti- people always forget these title runs are, it's a lot of basketball. Yeah. It's a long That's stretch. What it comes down to. So, and those guys are Curry turned 30, Durant's not far behind. You know, it's not, it, it, nothing lasts forever. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Their window is still open, but it, it's closing. I mean, bottom right. line is, look, and I know we'll, we'll probably just have to do, I guess, a comedy piece for the rest of these teams, but the bottom line for me with Golden State is, look, Durant has a history of some injuries at this point. Uh, certainly, Curry has a right. history of injury. Um, you know, and those are your two best players, and they're each at this point playing hundred plus game seasons back to back to back. And in addition to that, you've got the mental fatigue. So, I mean, at the end of the day, look, I'm not taking any of the shine off the Warriors. They're a great team. They're probably going to win another title. But it's going to get harder and harder. I mean, it just is right. because everybody else is – you have a target on your back, and they're all actively reloading. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. Your window will close. Right. Um, it doesn't know – I don't know if it will be next year or three years from now, but um, it's coming, and, you know, they got to enjoy it while they can. But so far it's worked out pretty well, so we can't yeah. say much. So, hey, but proof, the proof is – Yeah, it's yeah. there. But now the next teams is where it starts getting – Really interesting. <laughs> yes. uh, the number three team, some of you may remember, because we, we <laughs> met them in the playoffs, the Portland Trailblazers, and they got, what was that? What, how many games did they win against us? Oh, uh, um, let's see. It was um, less than one. Ah, that's right. <laughs> None. They right. won zero games. Every Portland Trailblazers fan is now going to set us all on fire. But right. the bottom line is is that uh, we looked great against them. But the thing that people forget is, yeah, it was six over three. There was only a one-game difference in our wins from the season. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you can make a very strong argument. We were one off night from being the number three seed. Right. <laughs> so. And uh, and as I was saying, kind of leading up to it, despite everything we've already said about DeMarcus Cousins, I – wholeheartedly believe had DeMarcus Cousins finished the season early there's no way in hell we're, the Pelicans weren't the three seed right just yeah. the, from the way it all shaked out you know absolutely I so um agree. but yeah I mean Lillard seems unhappy McCollum's in every trade rumor uh I just yeah I'm with you there I yeah. I, I think this is one of those teams because uh I don't have the numbers in front of me but I want to say this is three or four years in a row maybe even where they've gone out in the first round and um, yeah. or most of those years they've gone out in the first round and also you know we're just talking about mental exhaustion for the Warriors of winning mental exhaustion from never getting anywhere I mean you know you don't want to keep going and hitting your head against the wall and that's kind of where they are even though they've tried I think a couple different iterations right. so I don't know this may be a team that I, I think they're on the we're gonna blow this up watch yeah so. it's th- I don't think it's gonna happen before the, the next season right. but if they if there's a slump before the trade deadline if there's some bad air th- it could be a fi- it could turn into a fire sale pretty absolutely quick. I'm All with right. you let's move on to number four Oklahoma City Ooh, so yeah, there's a lot there they uh, addition by subtraction I mm-hmm. would say um shockingly re-signed Paul George kind of in the opening minutes of free agency. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Right. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, since the MVP campaign kind of dog and Westbrook has become sort of, you know, like in vogue. But, um, I mean, he gets him there every year. Year in and year out he gets him there, and there's just no evidence to support that he's not going to do it again. Uh, and then him and Paul George have another year together. Now they don't have to share with Carmelo Anthony. You know, Dennis Schroeder, 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 yeah, whatever Schroeder, it is, Schroeder, Schroeder, Schroeder or something know. like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
by no means an all-star, but a, probably the best backup guard they've had behind Westbrook yeah, ever. Yeah, that's an outstanding <laughs> you know? guard. They may even play him in some two-guard lineups. Yeah, so, so I mean, they have they were already good, and they got better. So yeah, Brunn and Nerland's Noel, too. So yeah, that, I forgot that, about yeah, that. That yeah. team has a lot of depth So now, in addition and to Steven Adams, balanced. so, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, they're actually kind of scary teams. Yeah, so. it's upsetting. Yeah. I'm sorry I brought it up. But <laughs> <laughs> we're going down the list, so what are we going to do? Yeah. So Utah. Utah. I think this is an interesting one. Um, for me, first, like you should say this. I apologize to all the Utah Jazz fans, all the three of you that I met in the last like 18 months, because I was positive this team was going to get worse and worse. And once they lost, uh, oh geez, what's his name? Went to the Celtics. Gordon Hayward. Yes, Hayward. Once they lost Hayward, I said, okay, it's over, guys. Like yeah. you've got another eight-year rebuilding process. But Mitchell was amazing this right. year. I mean, they're arguably better. Yeah, and they're you know? arguably better. So, I mean, this is a Great team coaching was, there. Yeah, just um, a couple wins shy yeah. of 50 games. I mean. Yeah, so that's another fearsome one. Rudy Gobert won uh, Defensive Player of the Year. So that's, Arguably. Uh, what's that? Arguably. We'll arguably, talk about it another yeah, time. That's, uh, well, Jake's, Jake's we covered you, that pretty extensively. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> it's a sore subject in this city. But. Um, yeah, but I mean that team's another team that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean we'll see if Mitchell has a sophomore slump. I don't see there's I don't see any reason why he would. Yeah. And and that yeah. team prides itself on winning on defense, so I think they're I think they'll be fine. Right. But and they're not gonna go. Gobert's not gonna miss you know right. thirty games every right. year or whatever thirty percent <laughs> of his games whatever it was. Um, you know every that's we can't bank on that always happening. So yeah. All right. Yeah. We got to keep rolling. So the good news <coughs> is. Oh, sorry. Pelicans are next. Yes. So yeah. we've already covered uh, the additions and subtractions. Um, is it enough to keep them in the playoffs? I, I say let's cover some other teams and yeah. then kind of circ- circle come back. back. Yeah. Right below them were the Spurs. Ugh. This oh, is, man. yeah. <laughs> I could definitely spend a whole other segment on this, yeah. but I won't. I will just say, because I know you had a great take on this, um, I, I will just say that I hate the Spurs for being so good at this. Well, yeah, and I guess my, my take is, uh, Kawhi is obviously a Big top loss. five player, yeah. huge loss, um, irreplaceable. But I just want to say, Demar Derozan's a great fit in San Antonio. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, and as a Pelicans fan, I'm like, oh, man, they I'm had not to get happy. Derozan. You know? I would have rather see them get a big package of picks. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I just, I don't need that yeah. in, in San Antonio. Oh, and he's not old. I yeah. mean. It's it's a bad look for us. Great for them though. Um, right. So I think they'll be. I mean, they've got 47 wins last year. Right. I mean, I placed them over that because of great coaching and a great system. But I won't place them way over because you know I, I just remember as we're talking about them. I mean, they lost Tony Parker, who wasn't. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't giving them a lot this year, but they're kind of getting to that point where, to make the point, they're getting old. Yeah. You know, and and uh, a lot of the guys that they've historically relied on aren't there anymore. So we'll, we'll see what All happens. Right. And Aldridge, I mean, Aldridge had a great year last year, but he's getting up there. He's yeah. like 32, 33 yeah, now. Yeah, so, I mean, he's in that range. He's so. getting up there. Yeah. Um, they're not young, but they're still right. good. We'll say, though, last year they were the seventh seed yeah. and stole a game from Golden State. Golden, stole a game from Golden State. They barely had Kawhi Leonard, and Pops was going through an unimaginable family tragedy right. all during the stretch. And they still made the playoffs yeah. and stole a game from Golden State. So just never bet against the Spurs. Right. Yes. That's as simple as it can be said. 
just below them, kind of uh, had a solid season, but probably not as, as much of the upstart as people expected were the Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, you know, coming into the eighth seed, of course, we should we should point out eighth seed in the West means 47 wins. Right. So, so uh, and that was with Butler missing some games. It's true. So. Um, yeah, man. Um, but then you, you start hearing stories, uh, uh, Butler not being super happy. Um, I you know I know Carl uh, Anthony Towns was going to be the next like kind of stole AD's thunder for a little mm-hmm. while, and um and I think you could say AD stole that thunder right back this yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> very very aggressively. And um and yeah I don't know man it's I, I don't I don't know what it is it's just something's not something something feel right there. Yeah something something yeah. feels off to me. I feel like. Um, my hot take is really simply, I don't know how much longer Butler's going to be there. I, yeah. I, I get the feeling it's not a good fit. Um, I don't know where I'll end up. I'm not even going to try to, to – yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not point, saying I'm it. smiling and pointing to myself <laughs> right now. I'm not saying it because I'm thinking the same thing. But, uh, you know, who knows where we'll end up. But I think bottom line, as it affects Minnesota for this year, I, I don't know if that number is going to go significantly up or down. But if I had to guess one or the other, I'm thinking down. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's let's burn through the rest because yeah. we're, we're way over time. So how about so. this, Denver? You think they're gonna get more wins or fewer wins? Forty six was last year. I don't know, man. I don't. It's a great. I love Isaiah Thomas, but I just don't. Man, I, it's just undersized guard with that kind of injury. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. And then, uh, I mean, Jokic. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's great. I don't know, man. That's just a. I say fewer. You say fewer? And I'll tell you, I think it's just because the quality of the West is getting better. Right. And I don't think this team, even though they have that that great center, I don't think he's the same kind of great player that other ones are where he just takes over a game. Right. So, you know, I think that's they're still missing that. But still a quality team. But yeah. I, I just think I think they'll just be out again. Um, tenth seed, Clippers, 42-40. and 40. Yeah, I mean, they lost their best player. Didn't yeah. really get better. I mean, definitely fewer games. Yeah, I uh, agree. I mean, I think they're they're kind of getting in a rebuild mode. Not um, much to say there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna skip the Lakers. We'll we, save we should them. do that one for the that one yeah. last. Sacramento had 27 wins. They were in uh, 12th. Fewer. Yeah, I think so too. You know, <laughs> which wow, sorry Sacramento, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, they're gonna win fewer win fewer games. Is it, like you said, the West, everyone else just got better, and they didn't. Yeah. So. So next is Dallas. They had 24 wins. I think they're going up. Oh, I think they're going up. Yeah. Um, they they are a dark horse. I'm worried about like if they get hot at the right time. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. I think. Uh, I think he's going to do well there. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, they're just Rick Carlisle's a great coach. Um, yeah. I mean, Nerlens Noel didn't work out. They replaced him moved over you know so it's just yeah man i think they're they're one to watch out for they're going to be a little dangerous i think agreed memphis i think we're going to disagree on this one they had 22 wins last year which is really shocking because they've been historically very solid team right i I don't think they're going to go up really yeah i don't think so i think this window shut i i think this is one of those teams that um and and i can't remember his name but i know they let their coach go uh, David Tisdale. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I know they let him go. And, you know, when I looked at it, I said, why are you letting him go? I mean, they're, they're performing exactly what you would expect, given the loss of talent, given the injuries at the time. Right. I just think this is a team that quietly behind closed doors knows that the window is closed and they haven't started a full rebuild yet. Right. Yeah. Um, they are getting, you know, Gasol and Conley back uh, so from injury, so that's big. 
Uh, but also, those guys are another year older, but they got a good draft pick. But, I mean, is Char Chandler Parsons even still there? I, he's, I believe he's there, but I, I cannot remember <laughs> what he's done to, <laughs> right. to impact anything. And, right. and that's kind of my, my deal with it is I, I ultimately think it's just kind of – kind of feels like a broken team um yeah, absolutely. so i i feel like you know they might go up a little bit but i i don't even think they'll get 30 i, I think it's kind of over so oh, wow I, i'd put them over 30 but i i i'm you, you and they're another team like they you kind of can't ever totally count them out and you know I always kind of totally them to the, them out. Well, i always kind of <laughs> compare them to the raptors yeah, um, sure. yeah uh like they're kind of always there they're going to be in the playoffs every year but you know maybe a couple lucky breaks away from making like a serious run sure. but you never like really think they're going to win a title so my last hot you take know. on them and then we have phoenix my hot take is mike conley is going to go to a contender before the end of the year Ooh. Hot take. <laughs> so, so yeah that's a spicy take uh, yeah I like you like that, that one yeah. um so phoenix the very worst team <laughs> with yeah. 21 wins I mean, they got to do better than right? 21. You got to I mean, think. That's just math. You know? I mean, look, Devin Booker's getting better. He's, you know, and Ariza's going to help him a little bit. Um, I mean, they're just, yeah, there's, that's, that's a, they're playing, you know, Ariza's a stopgap. Yep. They're playing a three, four years from now game. Yeah. You know, so. I think so. They're I not. I think they're still figuring out the vision. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they'll be, they'll be a little better, but not by much. So, so the two teams we got to go back and cover. Won the Lakers and uh, then us. I think right. we're simple enough, but right. the Lakers. Let's <laughs> let's briefly delve into so, this. So yeah, LeBron. But and like we said <laughs> right. earlier, LeBron, great player, not so great GM because you lose your very talented big man immediately to make room for Rondo. Which look, as a Pelicans fan, I was sad Rondo left. I think I was even a little sadder we lost Rondo than 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 that we lost Boogie. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's just your. Like, LeBron would, has done this thing the last few years where whether he was on the court or not, he would kind of, like, take games off for stretches. Yeah. And he could, ta true. he could do that in the East. You'd get away with that. You can't do – he's not going to be able to do that in the West. Not at all. Every, <laughs> every win's going to matter. Every, every night's going to count. Um, and, look, there's – sooner or later, he will – time will catch up with him. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be this year, but – it's just it's coming one day, and I just don't think guys like Rondo or Lance Stevenson or Michael Beasley are the answer. Or, you yeah, know? I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I you know the thing that strikes me, and, and did you mention Javale McGee? I don't even know if you mentioned him. Oh no, but yeah, I didn't. yeah, like yeah, you turned Julius Randle into Javale right. McGee. <laughs> the things that worry me about these teams are pretty much the guys you just mentioned, right? right. Like, look, I'm not knocking Rondo. Obviously, we loved him here last year, and I think he'll be a fine addition, but. He's going to be a big help. He'll be the, the best. But the bottom line, guard. I think, is this. As I look through those guys, in fact, I'm going to look at their names again so we can briefly just look at this bigger picture. You've got LeBron, who I think does demand excellence. I mean, he's a great player. But I think he's hopefully easing into, like, transition mode and understanding what he's getting into. You've got Alonzo Ball and his dad. We don't even have to get into that, but we yeah. got Alonzo Ball and his dad. You've got Rajon Rondo, who I love him, but he also thinks he's smarter than everyone else on the court and everyone else on the team, sometimes including the coach. That right. could potentially go wrong, that particularly could. when they're losing. Lance Stevenson is a wild card <laughs> in every <laughs> sense of the word. JaVale McGee has at times thrown himself extra rebounds to get like double-doubles and triple-doubles in right. games because he's also kind of a lunatic. I right. mean, And then you have Michael Beasley, who, look, 
great comeback story, but he has a really checkered and dotted history, too. Right. And at the end of the day, for me, I look at this and I say it. What are you trying to prove, LA? <laughs> are, yeah. Is this is like LeBron going into God mode in the last level of NBA like hierarchies? Like, are you saying we're going to saddle you with all of the possible problems we can <laughs> find a way to get us to the playoffs? Right. I don't know. Because not no, I mean we're not even talk like we're not talking. Can they beat the Warriors? The question is, can they make the playoffs? No clue. And. It's entirely feasible they can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got I mean, we see what the bar is last year. The bar was 47 wins. And 47 wins for the Lakers is an addition of 12. Now, look, it's very easy to say, well, if you throw LeBron on the team, that's 12 more and wins. Look, I, it's it's certainly attainable. We're not trying to suggest right. it's not. Absolutely. You know? But it's also not easy because right. to your point, you can't take nights off. You, you can't take quarters off really in the West. I mean, you've got teams who didn't make the playoffs that 46 wins. <laughs> I mean, right. those guys are going to beat you if you take a quarter off. And they've got some young guys on their team. I'm not talking about LeBron really. But they've got some guys on their team that have histories of kind of disappearing for stretches of time. So, you know, I think there's a – yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a curve there. And I think that, you know, ultimately when it's all said and done, my hot take, I don't think they're making the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to get extremely close. I don't think they're quite going to make it. But I've been wrong before. I'm, you know, just like never betting against the Spurs. Never want to bet against LeBron. But I could see it being like a sneak into a eight seven seed yeah. and be you know s- promptly swept by the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like which is unfortunate, but you know, I mean, and, and uh, this is a problem. We're, we're way over time, but this is a larger discussion, probably. But you know, I mean, it just kind of feels like this wasn't a basketball move. This was a lifestyle yeah, move. Absolutely. Miami was a lifestyle move too, but it was also a basketball right. move. I mean, you know, Wade's old now, and Bosch, you know, had terrible injury um, and had to retire but at the time that was a highly intelligent basketball move and and, you know people talked about that Heat team the way we talk about the Warriors now like oh Jesus is anyone ever going to win a title besides this team again you know like that's kind of the same vibe we had you know so this is decidedly not that no decidedly (laughs) not that so I mean look it ultimately doesn't really matter and frankly for me I think it's great that, in my mind, we're not anticipating losing a playoff spot. But it does stink because they're going to be a lot more competitive, like bottom line, even if they don't make the playoffs. So, you know, it's just another uh, kind of chain in the link. But I think at the end of the day, that's why I think a lot of these teams are probably going to lose more games than they think in the West because almost everybody's got some talent now. Right. And um, I think of the eight playoff teams last year – um, you know, we were dogging Houston, but they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just I don't think they're gonna be the one seed, possibly not even the two seed, depending yeah. on how things shake out. But I think they would have home court advantage. They're still that good. I think so. You know, um, obviously Warriors are given Portland. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you know, I mean we'll that's see. a that's they a might big have a shocking mark. drop. That's yeah. the team that I think could surprise people and not make the playoffs next right. year. I really do. Um, OKC, I, OKC, Utah. I think um, shoe in, like sign them up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, skip us for a second. Um, Spurs, actually, do think they still make the playoffs? Yeah, I do. I, do I, think. I, think I think they're so gonna too. have a bounce back year. And then finally, Timberwolves. That feels like a coin toss to me too. Yeah, I, I can yeah. see them slipping out. So I think two, maybe three spots are up for grabs. But, so with you know. that said, two. Let's say two, let's just be conservative and say, say two. two yeah. And I don't. I see the Pelicans still yeah. having a, as good a shot as anyone else. 
And, you know, even with LeBron in the West, even with this deeply flawed Lakers team, um, I think, yeah, I, you know, and I, like I said, I, I would put the, the, of the two teams out, I would replace them with probably the Lakers and uh, Denver. I think that's very reasonable. And I think the Pelicans stay. Sounds now, I'm not saying that as a homer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that's very fair. I, you know, I have no idea what the seedings will look like, but that seems like a reasonable aid to me. I, I yeah. think I'd probably, um, as of right now, I may swap out the Lakers for uh, maybe Mini and a Dark yeah. Horse Dallas. I'd yeah. say a Dark Horse Dallas, but uh, but they've got a lot to work to do to get that point. But. Right. And, um, and it's a tough division for us, but um, right. Raby and Louie co- covered that yesterday. So, um, all right. Well, we are way over time, so we're going to go ahead and sign off. Anything, le- anything left, Jermaine? No, I'm just looking forward to the season. More yeah, than I maybe too. have in a long time. Um, I feel like we're going to this season with a legitimate identity. We've put in the pieces that we have in place uh, that we need. We're going to have, I think, a really strong training camp. And we might see some of these big winning streaks are much earlier on. So I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, we we are we have our season tickets renewed. Um we, I don't remember our section right now, but you could find <laughs> us usually in the beer garden hanging out with Jake Madison. <laughs> so, that is very accurate. <laughs> um, so stick around for this week. Uh, the guest podcast will continue. Um, I believe Jason is tomorrow. Jason Quigley. I don't have this schedule in front of me. And then Jake will be back next week with a regularly scheduled Locked on Pelicans. So thank you for indulging us. And I guess I'll see you later, man. Yeah, you too. All right. See you guys later. Thank you.